Father, as we wake and as we rise, as we walk, as we travel this weary land, may we rest in you, your very presence. Teach us your ways. Open our eyes to see you. Make your glory, your presence manifest to us today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Okay, guys. (laughs) Construction Monk here. We've been going through a look at what it means for God to be present, to commune with God, for God to speak to us directly. We've been talking about that idea, right? It's not enough to know some words in a book, to have some good truths in our brains, but there is a presentness to God that we can know spirit to spirit, right? This is communion. And I've been throwing a lot at you, a lot of scripture. So today we're going to slow it down. Take a breath, read some poetry, and talk about what is manifest. (laughs) Hey guys, this is a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, J. Randall Stewart. And this is note 37 of the long-term series, Calling All Mystics Notes from the Rune. We are in the section, communion, right? Okay, let's talk about manifest. A couple months ago or so, God gave me this message. He told me to stop looking at myself in the mirror. And (laughs) honestly, it took me a couple weeks to get the message. And then I didn't know why, but I did it. And through that season, it was probably four or five weeks, God and I were talking about faith. You know, Scripture says, walk by faith, not by sight. And so I stopped looking at myself in the mirror. And I started thinking about how I see myself, how I perceive myself, and how I perceive God and how I perceive the world. And through what? Right? We have physical eyes and ears and senses, and we have spiritual eyes and ears and senses. But to see spiritually, we have to, in some ways, Stop allowing our vision to be dominated by our physical seeing and our physical senses. It's a shifting. And so as I stopped looking at myself in the mirror, God began to talk to me about how I see myself, how I perceive myself, and how what I often see, what I often think of as myself is the manifest version of, of a self, but not the truest me, not the truest self. And so your truest self is what? This is what we're talking about, guys. You're a spirit and a soul and a body. Your body is a manifestation. It's a tent. It's a house that you live in. 
It's the part, though, that we look at every day, right? Probably, if you're a Westerner especially. <laughs> There's mirrors everywhere, guys. It's funny. When I was trying not to look at myself in the mirror, it was really hard. Because everywhere I went, there were mirrors. Every bathroom and, and a lot of other places, too. Windows, glass, right? It was just like, it was hard not to look at myself. And it was actually hard to unlearn looking at myself all the time. Looking at this external, exterior, material self. You know, this is a naturalism and materialism, which is we put our least self first and our most self last. Do you remember? If you remember the uh, through the Looking Glass movies that Disney did, you remember the Hatter used to say, "I don't know if this is in the Lewis Carroll books, but in the movies with Johnny Depp." Johnny Depp is the hatter used to tell Alice, you've lost your muchness. <laughs> Looking at the external exterior physical self all the time causes us to lose our muchness because there's such a greater sense of self in us, for us, than this external tent. This physical body, as Paul writes, the outer man is perishing, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. So the self you identify with most will ground you in your sense of yourself in the world. And if you are most grounded in the self that is the most changeable, the most manifest, and is actually the self that is perishing, your physical body, your sense of self in the world will be hell, <laughs> to put it bluntly. You'll see yourself every day dying. You'll see yourself every day compromised, oppressed. It's a very fearful state. But when you are grounded in your truest self-spirit, and when you are connected to the truest essence of life, God's spirit, that's an indomitable, irretractable, eternal kind of state to be grounded. And it's beautiful, guys. And so it does bring life, right? The more you feel the sense of your most grounded self, the more grounded you will be. There's this cool poem called Aurora Lee by Elizabeth Barrett Browning, and there's different books. And I think this is book eight or nine. There's this, I want to read the beginning and the end of this section of this poem by Elizabeth Barrett Browning called Aurora Lee. Let me jump over there. This is, it's a real popular quote, uh, the, the quote that we will get to at the end, but I wanted to start at the beginning of this poem. Listen, listen to what Elizabeth Barrett Browning writes. Truth, so far in my book, the truth which draws through all things upwards that a twofold world must go to a perfect cosmos, natural things and spiritual who separates those two in art, in morals, or the social drift, tears up the bond of nature and brings death, paints futile pictures, writes unreal verse, leads vulgar days, deals ignorantly with men, is wrong, in short, at all points. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, thank you, Eliza. <laughs> She's like, when you tear up and divide the world, you 
bring death. You tear up the bond of nature because, right, the supernatural is natural and the natural the natural is supernatural. If you're going to live in yourself as a physical body with some thoughts and feelings that will bring death. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. The mindset on the flesh is death. Why? Because that's not who you are. Your physical body is the most manifest part of yourself. Your soul is the second most manifest part of yourself. Your spirit is the essence. Think of it this way. For your physical body to live and be alive, it must always be moving. And the soul is also true. For you to sense anything in your soul space, there must be some kind of movement. You must feel something or think something. But the spirit, it's not true. The spirit is the essence of yourself and it is always alive and does not have to do anything to be alive. And so it is the ground of your being and there is nothing that needs to be done for it to live. You, your spirit does not have to move or express or do anything to live and be alive. Not true of your soul, not true of your body. Your very... Life at the cellular atomic level must always move. When it ceases to move, it ceases to be alive. This is a very scary paradigm to be grounded in. A self that if it ever stops, is dead. Or a self that does not need to move to live. (laughs) I love it. From the spirit manifest thoughts and emotions in the soul from the Spirit of God. Our body is manifested always, all the time. This is what Scripture says. Through Christ, remember we read in First John, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. And through Him, all things that are have come to be. And in Him we live and move and have our being as it says in Acts. And I think that's chapter 1. I could be wrong. It's, on my, it's the verse on my website. Go look it up. <laughs> but like, God is constantly speaking the material world into existence in every second. It is, co- is it, a co- it is a constant manifestation from God, so too your physical body. But in the construct and system of yourself, your physical body is constantly being manifested. Your thoughts and emotions have to manifest for you to know them, but your spirit, it's, it's an existence in a different kind of manner. It does not have to manifest to be. It's the, also the hardest to get in touch with because we are so used to the low-hanging fruit of existence and experience, right? I mean, there is an obsessiveness when you try to ground yourself in what is manifest, especially thoughts and feelings. I, well, after my breakdown, my mind was in chaos and my, emotion, and my emotions were in chaos and my body didn't feel good either. And I I was suddenly in a desperate state to calm all these things, to bring them to a a greater stillness, right? What I realized was that I didn't know how to be still in these things. And true stillness, true rest is when you are grounded in your spirit because your spirit can be truly at rest and be. It's hard when you only know your thoughts and emotions by feeling them, thinking them, to bring them to rest. It's scary, actually. It's scary to let your body be at rest, It's also good when your body thoughts and emotions are not feeling good to know that you are grounded in something that 
that's beyond feeling, beyond sense. <laughs> it's amazing to be grounded in yourself beyond what is manifest is a beautiful gift. Let's go to the end of that poem by Elizabeth Barrett Browning, Aurora Lee, to the end of the section. Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round it and pluck blackberries and daub their natural faces unaware more and more from the first similitude. Similitude is the idea of a movement, like a, a, a cycling movement, right? <clears throat> unaware more and more from the first similitude, like the unmoved first mover, as Aristotle called it, right? There is this movement in the world that is quiet, <clears throat> deep. <clears throat> as the psalmist says, deep calls to deep at the sound of your ocean waves. Like there is the surface of the water which is, can be stirred up. There is the deep, deepness of the waters of life which are not moving, right? The deeper waters are still. The deeper waters of your life, your spirit, are still. Do you want to live a peaceful life? Do you want to live a life at rest, calm, gentle, all the fruits of the spirit? Well, that's only grounded in your spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about. Don't ground yourself in what is manifest because what is manifest has to move for you to sense it. And trying to move all the time, it's exhausting. Being at rest is... I don't have to be feeling something, thinking something, or sensing something in my body to be good. And even when these things aren't good, I'm still good because I'm grounded in something other than these things. That's the idea of, of manifesting. We talked about, right? We've been talking about word logos. This is the expression and the manifestation of God, yet God is something deeper. Why don't we see God in the world? Well, this is the question that... <laughs> Paul raises in Romans chapter 1. This is really interesting because he uses the word manifest here. And I, I looked it up in the King James, New King James, NIV and the NASB. Let's start with the King James, the Shakespeare English. Okay. Now Paul's talking about people that don't know God, ungodly people. Okay. For, this is verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in, in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Okay, so he's talking about the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven, spiritual reality, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. What does that mean? At some point, we'll get to the, this idea, scriptural idea of the wrath of God. Because it, it, we think of the Old Testament, we think of fire falling from heaven, right? But there is an order to the world. It is spiritual. And when we live against that order, we live in hell. Hell 
is the embodiment of the wrath of God. But it's not like God's angry that you're living against his order and he's going to punish you. It's that when you live against the order of the world as God has established it, it creates this kind of existence that is hell. You are putting yourself in hell. You, God isn't going to isn't trying to do harm to you because you won't do what he wants. God, this is the idea that you are doing harm to yourself because you're not doing what, what God says is good, right? You're living against goodness. You're actually living against yourself because you're living against your truest self. You're out of touch with your truest self. You're getting more and more distant from your spirit. And as you do that, your spirit gets more and more distant from the spirit of God. This is the paradigm. And that is hell. And it feels like hell, but you're numb to your hell, right? Verse 19. So he's talking about when we forget God, we forget his order, we live in opposition to God's order, we're living in opposition to ourselves. And it says, because that which may be known of God is manifest, where? In them. He's, so God, Paul's talking about these people that don't know God. But he's saying, that which may be known of God is manifest not around them, but in them. We know God, how? Spirit to spirit. Now we can see the manifestation of God in the created world, which he goes on to say in verse 20, for the invisible things of God, which have been established from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even God's eternal power, so that they are without excuse. So it's like, okay, so you're numb spiritually, Look at the created world. Where did it come from? This is what I call the impossible possibility. There are three impossible possibilities for the source of the material world. One, either it came from nothing, which is impossible. It's always been here, which is impossible. Or it has come from a divine mind, which has always been here, which is also impossible. To us, in our, in our minds, we are created beings with a beginning. And so it's, it's unimaginable for us to, to comprehend eternity. As the Ecclesiastes writer has said, God has set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot even comprehend what he's done from beginning to end. Meaning, from the beginning of the created universe <clears throat> till the end, or... As I talk to God all the time, I can't even comprehend what God's done from the beginning of my life to the end. So I can't comprehend eternity. I can't comprehend this idea of timelessness, what some mystics call deep time. But in Revelation, guys, it says time shall be no more. Time is a construct. And I, like, I love Einstein. He's like, there's nothing more persistent than the, del the illusion of time. This <laughs> is a rough paraphrase. But um, listen. That which may be known of God is manifest in you. There is a manifestation of God which you can experience in you. Why? Because the most distinct, clear way you can know God is spirit to spirit. What does that mean? Well, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting there. <clears throat> I'm a baby mystic. I'm starting to learn what it means to be grounded in this deeper self-spirit in communion with God, who is spirit. What does it feel like? Okay, so this is the conversation I was having with God. 
last Friday, which was about four days ago. I went to school, went to my daughter's school. And this is just where I'm at with God. And I was at school and I was feeling this emptiness. Just everything, I, people that I would see, there's a, there's a general hopelessness, a tiredness, a weariness in the world. I can see it in people's faces. I can feel it in spaces. Right? I'm spiritually sensitive. I'm growing in my spiritual sensitivity. So I'm, just, I, I, I'm just beginning to sense this more and more. But I was there at school and I'm just like, God, I just feel this emptiness. And God was like, you mean space? And I'm like, no, it's like just this emptiness and it feels bad. It just feels like there's no meaning in, to anything. And God came back again and said, oh, you mean the space behind the noise and the things you can see. There is this space, which is me. And you're feeling it like emptiness because it's, it's something so much deeper than what you're used to. You're used to the manifest and the noise, even feelings. I'm used to feeling a lot in spaces from people. And God was, God was saying, there's this deep spaciousness behind things you typically sense and see. Even, even things I sense spiritually from the spirits of others, even from evil spirits, even from the spiritual atmosphere of the world. And God's like, I'm beginning to draw you into this deeper reality of spirit which is so spacious. There's so much room for all these things in the space of me, and I am the space of the spiritual reality behind the world. And I can sometimes get overwhelmed, oversensitized. And my, my son, my oldest son, has autism and ADHD, and I'm with him. I have been. That's where I've lived is I've been overstimulated in crowds and in the busyness of things and overwhelmed. And now God's like inviting me into this space where those, all those sensory things actually feel meaningless and small. And it was like there was a shift. God said, God was showing me, it's like what you are feeling as kind of an empty space is a space of fullness where these things you thought were the world are, are becoming smaller. And there's this space of quiet and rest that is me behind everything and it was like oh man it was like woo, blowing my mind here like oh it was also like a breath of relief like there is god was saying like i am the space in the world behind all the things you think of as the world and there is space for all these things in the world in me right this is what we're talking about god is spirit pure spirit the supernatural and the natural exist together like uh, Bear, Elizabeth Bear, Browning was saying the natural world and the spiritual exist together when we tear them apart and actually make the spiritual non-existent. That's death. That's what Paul says in Romans 8. The mindset on the flesh is death. When you see the world as a physical, natural, naturalistic kind of reality, that's death. And when your mind is, is oriented in a way that that's all you think of as the world... That's death, and it will cause you to die. And that is the hell we're living in. And <coughs> for some reason, Western culture has been on this journey deeper and deeper into naturalism and materialism and what's going on. I mean, everything is tearing apart. Even the Christian religion is falling apart because it has followed its culture in that trend. We've become, even as Christians, very materialistic 
consumeristic, naturalistic, deistic. Okay? But there's a deeper reality that brings us back to life. So, all this conversation about word, logos, God manifesting and experiencing God. That's good, but there's a deeper reality to God that we're trying to get to from 29 to 42, which is the second half of the cataphatic for me. Cataphatic means positive, apophatic means negative, but in spiritual terms, cataphatic means what can be known and experienced about God. Apophatic means what's deeper, the mystery of God that can be experienced, but in a deeper way. 29 to 42 was the second half of the cataphatic where I was seeking God experience and spiritual experience and seeking to know God. 42, my breakdown, where my God experience took a dark swerve off a cliff and I fell into the valley of the shadow of death, really literally, as, Paul, as, sorry, as David says in Psalm 23. And then my experiences of God became the dark night of the soul, repeated over and over. This was seven years in the desert and and year eight in the promised land, which has also been hard. It's funny coming out of that. I'm like, you know what? Kind of done with all this needing to experience God so much. I'm ready for adjusting into a normalcy of God's presence with me that just... I don't have to feel all the time. I don't have to think something or hear God in my thoughts all the time or feel God in my body all the time. So it's funny, 29 to 49, right? 20 years where my experience of God was growing, growing, growing. All of a sudden it became really hard, dark. And now I'm like, I just want to know God in this deeper way, this quiet way. Where I don't have to feel God all the time or have God speak to me all the time or feel God in my body all the time. But I'm coming to this deeper presence of God beyond the manifest. I'm not being grounded in the manifest anymore. Yes, the word became flesh, Jesus, and he actually lived as a human being. and He spoke words and we have that testimony and he sent the spirit and we have that testimony too. We should be growing into that. But the end, at the end of all of that, there is something deeper to life deeper than the manifest that we are grounded in. And that's where we are headed. For you, if you're a new Christian, or if you're new to mysticism, you're going to start to have a lot of experiences, good and bad. And that is good. And that is a journey. But that is not where you are grounded. You are to be heading towards and learning to be in union with God in a deeper sense, in a spiritual sense beyond the manifest, beyond your thoughts, beyond your feelings, beyond your physical self. There is a self, you, that is spirit that can only be seen by faith. Conceptually. When you can start to see yourself and know yourself and know God by faith, that is knowing God beyond sense, beyond the manifest. That is the truest knowing of God and that is why you can only know God by faith. As Elizabeth Browning writes, like, earth is crammed with heaven, but not everybody sees. When we tear the world apart and focus so much on the physical and hardly understand the spiritual, that's death. Like, you are a spirit beyond all sense, beyond the manifest. This is what we are journeying towards to know our, 
ourselves truly by being known by God truly by being caught up in something deeper than sense and I don't know is it a sense deeper than the sense that I am aware of I'm starting to think so I'm just beginning to have a sense of something beyond what I would call sense emotion thoughts my physical body and the sensations it has it's good it's quiet it's deeper it's hard to get to but that's where we're headed so stop looking in mirrors <laughs> stop trying to see yourself as the least self that is you the most manifest is the least you the least manifest is the most you that's where you're headed that's what you're trying to reach for and begin to practice it now begin to understand what you see by faith conceptually is the truest reality of the world and you spirit it does not need to move to be and that is a grace guys who you are is eternal timeless it is sustained without needing anything except the spirit of god to live and the spirit of god thank god gives himself to us freely it is not earned we don't have to go out and get it we don't have to convince god to give us life this is the heart of god for every single person god loves you god wants to be with you god wants to come to you god wants to be known by you you will know god first to what has been manifest through others that have known god right scripture books examples of people who have lived life close to god that is the most manifest but the least way we know God. Interesting, right? So you will know God first by reading about others who have known God. And you will start to have a faith and a belief in God first through the testimony of others. Then you will start to experience God for yourself. That is, that is the next most manifest expression of God through your thoughts and feelings, even through your physical sensations. Then you will start to know God spirit to spirit. Because it is the spirit of God that says to our spirits that we are the children of God. <clears throat> that is not something that you sense in the normal way you're used to. So you're on this journey from <clears throat> being grounded in what is least permanent to what is most permanent spirit. Spirit, though, is least sense, least manifest. And so, <clears throat> but the good thing about that is it is the most unchangeable Right? If you think about what is manifest, feelings, thoughts, emotions, your physical body, the physical world, it's always changing. And it is always needing constant sustenance. Right? It needs to be taking in energy to live and thrive, to be, to be made aware of, or for us to be aware of it. What is a thought that you don't think? What is an emotion you don't feel? <laughs> it's not a thing. What is the material universe that God isn't constantly expressing into existence? Yet, God is spirit that exists, and you are spirit that exists, purely independent of sense, of the need for something, of sense and sustenance, of the need for something to energize it. Now, our spirit actually needs the spirit of God to sustain it, but God never ceases to sustain us spiritually. From the spirit of God manifests our spirit. From our spirit manifests our thoughts, emotions, into the soul. From that manifests the movement of our body. From the Spirit of God manifests our physical body. And so 
The physical created world and our physical self is the most manifest and the least permanent. Our spirit is the most permanent and the least manifest. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> Guys, it's wild. This is a deep concept. It's deep. It's, it's pithy. There's a lot in there. But it's hard to grasp. But I'm just setting it up for you. Don't be grounded in the least grounded part of yourself. This is the journey you're taking. But it's a, it's a blessing when you start to be grounded in what is immovable, unshakable, unbreakable. What isn't dying and cannot die. That's where you want to be grounded. That's the journey you're on. If your life is constantly in flux up and down and you can't get a handle on your feelings, emotions, physical self, if you're just, <clears throat> if you feel so ungrounded, it's because you're grounded in the least grounded part of yourself. And that is the most manifest. And you need to learn to be grounded in the least manifest part of yourself, spirit, which is grounded in the spirit of God. Amen. Hey, I'm throwing some hard stuff at you, some deep stuff, but, but look, I don't mind. It's deep for me too, guys. I'm not, I'm not a smart, deeply mystical, spiritual guru. This is new for me too. But look, if you don't have the expectation set in front of you, you can't reach for it, right? The expectation from God is that we would be grounded in our spirit with the spirit of God, spirit to spirit. Right, The mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Peace, stillness, shalom, rest. Do you want to have a life grounded in a sense of goodness and peace that is unshakable? This is the paradigm. When your mind, when your perception of yourself is grounded in spirit, then it is truly grounded in what is unchangeable, unchanging, indomitable, undying. Do you want to be grounded in the part of you that is eternal, that is unshakable, that cannot die? Well, of course, that is the goodness of life. And that is where we're headed. And that is the journey God wants to take you on. And that is the journey I'm on. And I'm asking you, inviting you to walk with me. Together, we can journey towards God We can learn to commune with God. We will learn to commune with God first in the most manifest ways. And then as we grow, we will learn to commune with God in the least manifest, the most spiritual. That's the goal. (laughs) Amen. Woo. Hey guys, this has been a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Stewart. You can catch more content at www.moderncontemplative.com. I love it. I love these things, guys. This is life. This is peace. This is shalom. This is rest. This is where we're headed. We're headed out of hell and into heaven. And hell is being grounded the most in the least grounded part of yourself. Do you want to regain your muchness? (laughs) Let's keep going. Let's keep walking together towards God. Amen.